Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I watch every game every week and I love drafting, trading, scouting, managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have on store today in episode number 83. Speaking of uh, managing all of my teams 365 days a year, today we're actually going to analyze my FFPC League team. Uh, Last year I joined the FFPC Dynasty League for the first time. Really was a blast playing against really active owners in this high stakes league with very unique rules and unique roster sizes. Um, I didn't make the playoffs in my first year, but I was eliminated after the first round. So while I was disappointed not to go further in the playoffs, uh, last year I still feel like I have a really solid team to build upon in year number two. If you're not familiar, FFPC leagues have much thinner rosters than all of my other dynasty leagues. They have a 20-man roster during the season, and then each year you have to cut back to 16 players by March 31st, including a kicker and a defense. So really you just have 14 positional players that you're able to keep before what they have a seven-round rookie and free agent draft that starts on May 2nd. So this morning, um, I, made, I made my final cuts to my roster. And looked back when I looked back and compared my team now after I made the cuts to my startup draft after I drafted my team last year, um, I was happy to know that it was. It seemed like I did pretty good on my startup draft because I had 12 of the 14 positional players that I kept were guys that I drafted. The other two, one I picked up off waivers and the other I picked up via a trade. And so wanted to talk a little bit about what my 16-man roster looks like now that I've made these cuts and really just give me a chance to talk about a couple players that are on my team, what I was thinking when I drafted them, where's their value now uh, a year later, and give you an idea what my team looks like in a FFPC league. So here we go. At quarterback, I have uh, Matt Ryan. I drafted Ryan in the 10th round of the startup draft last year, and last year he finished in this league as the number 10 ranked quarterback in the league. So, And what's really crazy is he was really just two points behind the number six ranked quarterback. So there was two points that separated 10 from number six. So essentially he was a top six quarterback, um, just as I expected him to be, and I expect him to do much of the same next year. Um, He's the number seventh ranked quarterback in my dynasty rankings already, so I'm pleased to have him, especially since you'll see later that I also have Julio Jones. I'm higher on Matt Ryan the most. Super consistent, never gets hurt. Love having him as my quarterback in this team. I have a backup quarterback that I kept in my uh, after I made cuts, and that's Tom Brady. I drafted Brady in the 15th round after of my startup draft, so pretty late in the startup uh, draft last year. And he actually ended the year as the 13th ranked quarterback. So when Brady did sign with Hippa Bay, I immediately put him on the trading block just to see if there was any interest. But the best pick that I was offered was a sixth-round rookie pick, and I just didn't think that was worth it at all. So like I said before, Matt Ryan never gets injured, so I considered dropping Brady and just head into the season with just one quarterback. But I chose to wait and see on Brady. I want to see if he, what he can do with his much better weapons that he'll have there in Tampa Bay. Um, he's a great quarterback, backup quarterback for my team. And I like this part, too, that if he comes out blazing last next year, yeah, doing, doing amazing things at 43 years old, I'd be glad to try to move him and trade him to a team that really needed him as a starting quarterback if I could pick up a younger person, a uh, younger quarterback to be on my dynasty league, uh, dynasty team for years to come.
Moving to the running back position, I have Miles Sanders that I kept. Sanders was my second favorite rookie in last year's rookie draft. So if you've been following me, you've heard me talk about Sanders a lot uh, heading into last year. And so I targeted him in the startup draft last year where I actually traded up in the fifth round to get him. Um, it took some time, of course, but I was proven right on Sanders. He finally, at the end of the year, did awesome. His strong play, in fact, at the end of the year is really what carried my team into the playoffs in this league. With Now with Jordan Howard signing in Miami uh, this offseason, Sanders will be, quote, you know, the guy. He's going to be the guy uh, from day one this next year. So even though he didn't come on strong until the end of last year, he finished as the number 16th ranked running back in this format. And so I fully expect him to be a top 10 running back in the year to come. So a very solid running back number one. Next, I have Mark Ingram. Uh, Ingram was the surprise of my team last year. I drafted him in the fifth round last year, two picks actually before trading up to draft Sanders. And he actually finished as the 10th ranked running back last year. But that was based mostly on scoring 15 touchdowns in Baltimore. Yeah, surprisingly explosive offense there in Baltimore. Ingram is 31 years old, so I fear that he'll probably never have a better year than he did last year. Um, that said, Baltimore's offense I don't think is going to take a step back. And so I think he's going to get, you know, that great opportunity for touchdowns again next year. I think he's a pretty solid running back number two next year for me, but uh, I would be glad uh, to have his, you know, solid week-to-week floor on my team. But I do recognize as a dynasty asset that he is fading and so um, you'll see here that it, when I kind of overall do a review of my team, that's one area that I think I need to improve on is my running back number two. That could all change, though, with this next player was Damian Williams. Damian Williams, of course, was a disappointment, uh, but I'm still a believer in him more than others are. Um, I started uh, with a tight end and a wide receiver in the startup draft last year, which meant I was kind of grasping for running backs in the third round, and Williams was the best back that was available. Uh, the Chiefs, when they traded for LaShawn McCoy, um, caught you know caught him in like a running back by a committee scenario to start the season. So the start of the season didn't do well, but of course he did what he did two years ago at the end of the season. The end of the season, he was the main man again. And McCoy didn't even suit up at all for the playoff games of the Super Bowl, where Williams had really an MVP performance in the Super Bowl. So I've seen enough to believe in this third-round investment that I have in Williams, and I think that he is going to pay off for me eventually. Um, even though it didn't work for me in the first year. That is, of course, unless Kansas City drafts a running back early in this year's draft. Next up is Gus Edwards. Uh, Edwards was the player that I debated cutting. He was the one last one that made the cut on my team. It was really between him and Cole Beasley. But I kept Edwards for the following reasons. I think that Edwards really looked excellent last year when he was spelling Mark Ingram. And he was able to hold off the rookie, Justice Hill, for the primary backup role. I think that Baltimore has enough with Ingram, Edwards, and Hill that it doesn't need to draft a running back in the NFL draft. If I'm wrong and they do draft a running back, I'll be very disappointed that I kept Edwards um, and possibly Ingram for that matter. Um, but I felt like the Stefan Diggs trade with Buffalo meant that Cole Beasley's value was going to drop, that he's be the, become the third most targeted receiver behind Diggs and Brown. And so that made it, made it a little easier for me to choose to keep a handcuff, which I think not, not a lot of people are going to keep handcuffs and this very thin roster league, but in an offense like Baltimore, and since I'm a little bit more of a believer in Gus Edwards' ability, felt like I was going to keep him. So moving out of the wide receivers, I have Julio Jones. Jones was my second pick in the startup draft, and he finished the season as a third-ranked wide receiver. So Julio just produces year after year. It was I was committed in the startup draft last year to picking safe players with guaranteed target volume. That was, that was my strategy going in. 
And so in the first and second rounds, you'll see later who I drafted in the first round, but drafting Julio in the second round, I just felt like no one's safer than Julio, and I'm thrilled to have him on my team going forward, and I'm actually not very concerned about his 31-year-old age. Next receiver that I kept on my team was Jarvis Landry. Again, year after year, Landry gets no respect, even though he's perpetually a top 20 wide receiver in PPR formats like it is here in the FFPC League. In November, I actually traded Brandon Cooks for Jarvis Landry to a team that was out of the race, and that trade, combined with Miles Sanders' explosive end of the season, really was what got me into the playoffs. Um, Landry finished as the number 12 ranked wide receiver um, with this format. So I had the number 3 ranked and the number 12 ranked, ranked wide receiver at the end of the year. Uh, while he'll likely not repeat his performance from last year, because that was pretty incredible being number 12, I still think that he provides a super safe floor for my team. I think he'll be a top 24 receiver, just like he has been every year. I love pairing him and Julio Jones in my starting lineup every single week. A little more receivers in my depth here. I also have Brandon Cooks. Now you say, wait a second, you just said that you traded him. Well, you'll find out I traded back to get him. So kind of like Damian Williams, um, I'm still a believer in Brandon Cooks, even though this was the worst year of his career. Um, I put my money where my mouth is too because I repurchased Cooks from the owner that gave me Landry for him. I gave up a 2021 second-round pick to get Cooks back on my team. I think if the rumors are correct that the Rams are looking to trade Cooks, we've seen it happen to him twice already, and he's made an immediate impact on the team that he's been traded for. So going from New Orleans to New England, going from New England to L.A., he's still just jumped right in and made an impact. So I'd actually kind of prefer that he get traded from the Rams, if, particularly if they have soured on him and stopped believing in him. Um, but no matter where he plays, if he can keep from those concussions, which I know is probably why some people don't believe in him, but I still do, I think that he'll make the team that he plays with better, and he can make my dynasty team better next year too with a bounce back. Next uh, receiver, I have Robbie Anderson that I kept on my team. I drafted Anderson in the seventh round of my startup draft last year, and while he did not live up to that last year, I am hopeful that his value will improve after landing with his old college coach, Matt Rule, and the very innovative NCAA championship winning offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. I put Anderson on the trading block after Carolina picked him up in free agency just to see if any owner in the league liked him, liked his landing spot more than I did, uh, but I didn't receive any offers. I don't feel like I have to start Anderson right away on this team, so I can wait and see how his former college coach plans to use him. But I do say that Rule made him the 25th highest play, paid receiver in the league. So knowing that he paid him that much, I think that he's got plans to use him. I'm, I'm eager to see, kind of like the Tom Brady experiment, I'm eager to see the Joe Brady experiment, offensive coordinator there in Carolina, and see what he brings from his LSU days back to a pro team and see what this means for Robbie Anderson. Finally, at receiver, I have Jameson Crowder. Crowder was in and out of my starting lineup last year, and I suspect he'll do some of the same this year. He's a, he's a great bi-week fill-in player or last, you know, kind of the last guy added into the lineup on a, on a week-to-week basis. He finished as the number 26-ranked wide receiver last year in this format, which is not bad since I drafted him in the 16th round of the startup draft last year. I really like that value. Uh, Crowder could become the number one targeted wide receiver next year, of course, because Robbie Anderson, who we just talked about, is gone. Plus, Sam Darnold will start the year um, and won't start the year unable to play like he did last year with Mono. So I'm glad that Crowder is a really solid four floor player for me uh, headed into next year. Now we get to the strength of my team and my tight ends. Uh, FFPC leagues are tight end premium, and so I was happy that I drafted uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, he fell to me in the first round at pick 110. 
like I said about Julio Jones, who I drafted five picks later in the second round, I really aimed to draft highly targeted, proven players in the first two rounds. And so Kelsey delivered because he was the number one ranked tight end at the end of the season in this league. So he and Julio really are the staples of my offense with the highest floors every week. And they also have the highest ceilings every week because they could just explode and have crazy games as well. So very happy that I had drafted Kelsey um, in the first round, which I'd never done that before. But in a tight end premium league, I was happy to do so. And I think that it really helped my team. My next tight end is Dallas Goddard, who I chose to keep on my team. I had Goddard ranked higher than most any dynasty analyst for the last two years before he finally had his breakout year last year. And other analysts changed their rankings to be closer to mine. Mine already had him up higher. I traded up to get Goddard. I see I put my money where my mouth is. If I believed in him, I traded up to get him in the 11th round of the startup draft last year. And I couldn't be happier with my decision to do so. I received many trade offers for Goddard in this tight end premium league where I already owned Kelsey. But none of the offers were really worth considering, especially given how high I value Goddard. Zach Ertz, of course, did sign the extension to his contract this year, so he's not going away. He'll continue to, to block Goddard's full potential, but he was still playing about 75% of the temps, uh, snaps last year while Ertz was healthy. And so Goddard finished as the number 10 ranked tight end last year in this format, while Ertz finished number 4. So Philadelphia, uh, perhaps largely because their struggles at wide receiver position, were playing a lot of two tight end sets, and Goddard finished the year number 10. So I had the number one tight end in Kelsey from last year and the number 10 tight end in Goddard. So Goddard's really my young guy to be behind Kelsey. I love having them both on my team. And finally, uh, last tight end that I kept is tight end uh, Tyler Higby. As if my team was not loaded already at tight end in this tight end premium league, I added Higby to my team off waivers uh, the first week of December last year. Outbid everyone and got Higby just before he actually burst onto the scene and just did so ridiculous the last six games of the season, finishing the year as the seventh-ranked tight end. So I have the first, seventh, and tenth-ranked tight ends on my team in this tight end premium league. I spent the offseason actually trying to trade Higby, though, for more of a middle-tier, safer running back um, or a second-round pick, but I couldn't get a, a deal done. And so I decided to keep him in this league where you, you could actually start three tight ends. So Higby has moved up in my overall dynasty rankings to my number 12-ranked tight end, um, so by my rankings, I have the number two tight end, Kelsey, the number eight tight end, Goddard, number 12 tight end, Higby, all on my team in this tight end premium league. So I'll either start two to tight ends every week, or I could even start three if I really wanted to, and hopefully I'll be able to trade him to a tight end needy team at some point during the season. Just to mention the kickers and the defense for kicker, I do have Zen Gonzalez. Uh, remember in this format in FFPC, you have to keep a kicker and a defense as part of your cuts to 16. So I do like Zane Gonzalez. Um, he, he signed a new contract this offseason, so that's good. Kicks indoors for almost all of his games. And, of course, he's attached to a very high-scoring team in Arizona. Um, even with last year's new coaching staff, they also had a really hard time scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And so I like that for my kicker, even though that could change from year to year. And then for defense, I have New Orleans. Defense and special team scoring has, has muted quite a bit in FFPC leagues. But I'm still glad that I have the Saints who finished fourth in defense last year. I picked them up off waivers near the end of the year after one team dropped them because of a bad matchup that week. I knew I just wanted to hold on to them and they would could be a good defense going into next year since we, of course, have to hold a defense. So let me mention real quickly the players that I cut just so you can see the decisions I was trying to make and then give you kind of an overall analysis of my team. The players that I cut, I cut, uh, first of all, I traded James White. I didn't want to keep White because I feel like Tom Brady was really who made White great. 
and I didn't think he could repeat his stellar PPR numbers without Brady in this coming year. And so I found a buyer and traded him for the 3.2 draft pick in this uh, this year's draft. So traded away, got an extra third-round draft pick because I was going to cut White anyway. So at least I got some value given that I was going to cut him. Then I had Jamal Williams. Um, I tried to sell him to the Aaron Jones owner for a sixth or seventh-round pick just to get something, you know, back for him. Um, but he really wasn't interested, Didn't said he didn't want to have any handcuffs. And so I couldn't hold him as a handcuff on my team because I was already going to hold Gus Edwards. Um, other guy was Carlos Hyde that I cut. Hyde was a real pleasant surprise for me last year. I actually started him often. He had a really good season. Um, I really believe in his talent more than most analysts do. Um, but I just didn't know. This is what's kind of a little frustrating that they have this cut date by March 31st because there's players like Carlos Hyde that haven't signed with a team yet. And so I was holding on as long as I could, hoping that he might sign with a team that might make me curious enough to keep him instead of uh, Gus Edwards. But the NFL free agency market wasn't high on him because he hasn't signed with the team, so I decided to let him go. And then I already mentioned Cole Beasley was the other guy that I cut. I considered keeping him, but again, I already told you, I felt like he's going to become the third targeted receiver there um, in Buffalo after the Stephon Diggs signing. And of course, John Brown's good year. So those were the guys that I cut, what I was thinking in regard to them. Let me just say overall that I'm really thrilled with my team overall. After looking at all the other rosters, I really consider myself to be among the top four teams in this league headed into season two. Of course, we got our drafts coming up and things could change. But given the players that I'm keeping right now, I feel I have a really solid team. For speaking to each position, quarterbacks, again, I feel like I'm solid with my quarterbacks, with Matt Ryan and Brady. And if Brady could uh, do something great to start the season, perhaps I could acquire a younger uh, quarterback and trade him to another team. I'd be glad to do so. From the running back standpoint, I love Sanders as my RB1. But if Kansas City and Baltimore did not draft running backs, I really like the rest of my backfield with, with Damian Williams and then uh, both Ingram and his handcuff and Edwards. But if either of those teams do draft a running back early, then I could be in trouble at my running back two position. Uh, wide receivers, I'm really delighted to start Jones and Landry every single week, and I'm very comfortable with the safety of Crowder. And if either of my speedsters, uh, Brandon Cooks and Robbie Anderson, live up to their potential, my team will be really strong at the wide receiver front. But I need one of those two to, to come back to form or do what they've done in the past, Robbie Anderson and Cooks, at least one of them. And then tight ends, of course, this is the strength of my team. In this format, I could start two or three tight ends if I'm willing to do so. I hope that I could sell one of them for a running back that would provide a little bit more safety for me and security or maybe even a first-round draft pick in 2021 if it comes to that. So we'll see if my strength at tight end can actually give me some way to prosper later. Well, that's it for this week. Hope that just kind of looking inside my team has been helpful. At least give me a chance to talk about players that you likely have on your team. Think about players overall. I love the format of the FFPC. Very thankful for them. It's been really fun. I'm actually considering jumping in and starting another FFPC team after the NFL draft just because I like it so much. So that's a wrap this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening and make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. I'm much better on email than I am on Twitter, so that's the best way to get me. I'd be honored if you'd take time to rate and review the podcast at Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support, and I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. 
Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. 